What's going on guys? Uh, I'm here with another episode on the podcast with a very special guest, Mr. Alec. Uh, he is a you know world-renowned uh, art carver. I'm going to say that right now. Um, he's also got a ton of stuff that he's going to go over with us. Uh, but more importantly, he was just featured in the Wood Carving Magazine. Yes, nice work on Thank that. Um, he's got a tool company that he's kind of rolling out. We're going to talk about that. He also has uh, carving classes one-on-one and you know, other coaching uh, classes as well on the side. So uh, I've known this guy for uh, quite some time and watched him develop and do his thing. And I gotta tell you, gifted, you know, definitely f fulfilling his purpose. And it is an honor to kind of walk in and see what you do. Um, also, uh, we got a piece today that he is, uh, you know, helping us with um, that we're gonna showcase, which is kind of cool. And I'm gonna go over that. But yeah, man, first off, thanks for coming on the podcast. And uh, thanks for sharing your story, man. So I'm honored and I, I want to rise to the level of it. You're awesome. Heck yeah. I appreciate it, man. Heck yeah. So I guess tell me this, all right? I, you know, on the Market Podcast, we always love to talk about like why people got into what they got into, right. what makes people kind of tick um, because, you know, this is a podcast about going into all marketplaces. What made you, when was the moment that you knew that this was your thing? And I'm sure that's like the... You know, the everyone's got to ask you that because sure. how many people go into wood carving right. is like a is a field, and then sure. not only that, but excel at it. So like, sure. dude, I don't know one person that's in a wood carving magazine, <laughs> but like, look at that, this is amazing. Thanks, man. All right, so tell me, yeah, well, how did you know this was your thing? Well, so when I was first introduced to carving, uh, it was through soap carving, and mm -hmm. I was oh 12 years old and we had a history class and the teacher uh, had us do this hobbies of our founding fathers mm -hmm. and called my mom and said you should get your son into wood carving and my mom was like what wood carving and yeah I said, yeah with a knife and so she bought me the kit and i sat on the front porch with the kit and you know just absolutely disappeared in the act of carving and you know fast wow. forward age 16 i showed up to the Woodcraft shop one too many times, and they, uh, the manager came out and said, um, "What are you doing here? Like every other day, buying tools for? Like you must carve a lot." And I showed him the work that I was making, and he uh, he said, "Well, are you interested in teaching?" And I had taught one class previous to that. So wow. I was like, "Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, <laughs> sixteen, I, I'll consider right? It. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just a teenager jumping in." And so he was like, "Well, how old are you?" Mm -hmm. I said, um, sixteen. He said, "Well." You're 18 now, kid. So, <laughs> That's funny. So that was it. And I started, I did my first class and I absolutely adored it. Um, mm -hmm. I was terrible at teaching. I, I bought, I mean, I didn't get another teaching gig for two years, but it was just, so it's not by gifting by any measure. Yeah. It's by like, uh, incremental growth, uh, continuing to teach, continuing to grow and the actual act of carving. I, mm. I competed a fair amount when I was young and did, and did well in competition. And, and, and as of late, um, progressed through doing the art show circuit and once mm -hmm. I I did the art show circuit for a while I got burned out on that I started an online wood carving school with the uh, help of a really great friend Todd German who is uh, uh, formerly from New York now lives in uh, South Carolina with his wife um, a doctor he designed the website uh, helped me with the, the business model mm -hmm. uh, and the school is up and available for people to check out it's called fundamentals of wood carving Heck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And, I'm, and, I, and by the way, all these links we're gonna have uh, below um, and or uh, a, a, an area in the bio of the podcast for you guys to go check that out. Um, so tell me this, okay, so as you're, and I love what you said, you know, a lot of people think that they need to just make a great first impression on, on when, right when they jump into a new career. 
you didn't you said you didn't hit off your first training class <laughs> and now he has a training school right. right and so there's a lot to be said for that uh, what what gave you the ability to open up and still explore teaching knowing that right. you failed before like what not fail I should no, say for sure. I don't it wasn't I don't failure. I don't believe in fail it was like you fail forward you know what I mean right. like okay like yeah. you didn't take that rejection and and stop you built upon it so right. like what made you want to go that route right um well I enjoyed it I I loved it yeah I mean I could not do it mm -hmm. I absolutely loved being in front of a group of people and telling them everything I knew about a subject. I mean, it could have been about anything. Yeah. I didn't care. That's I just good. loved. I convinced my my <laughs> my eleven year old friends to film me making woodworking projects before I started carving. You know, That's so awesome. Literally, I I convinced I'd elicit my you know eleven twelve year old friends to hold cameras for me while I made instructional videos for YouTube. That's awesome. For things I didn't even know how to do. Wow. Like turning on the lathe and then making some like salt shaker that barely fit together, and it's like right. putting it on. I mean, it's just. I just love teaching. So, so there was that, but the breakthrough for me came in one of my first, uh, class was really one of my first long distance classes. I was, um, uh, paid to go out and teach a workshop in uh, Iowa of all places. Nice. And I was, I think I was 19 at the time. Maybe I was, well, I think I was a little older. I was probably in my uh, very early twenties, like 21. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, in kind of a, a sad place. My grandfather had just passed away. Mm. Um, my girlfriend at the time had left town mm. and I was really vulnerable with my class. I just got up in front of everyone and I said, Hey everybody, my name is Alec LaCasse. You know, these are my credentials. These are, this is why I'm teaching the class. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to let you know, I'm in kind of a bummer place right now and that's what's going on. Mm. And uh, so if I seem a little down at times, that's why, but I'm excited to be here with everyone. Wow. And there was this uh, camaraderie and attachment and that like I've never had a class like that. Wow. And ever since I've just decided in my workshops, I'm going to be, you know, you know, business professional. Of course, I'm not going to mm -hmm. tell people my darkest, uh, deepest, darkest <laughs> That's concerns, okay. but, but, you know, I'm going to at least be a human being and not try and uh, pretend to be anything that I'm not mm. and give everyone the skills that I have because people will see through any, any sort of, uh, uh, airs that you put on and that's, that and that's been a struggle for me in teaching is being wow. so young and, and appealing to 60 and 70 year old people who have been doing what I've been doing for longer than me. Yeah, here you come in trying to say hey I got all the, the tips and tricks. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay, that's a big and I want to hone in on that. People can feel authenticity. Right. They can. And yeah. having that, being vulnerable and understanding that, hey, I'm a human and you're a human too and this is the right. place I'm coming from, yeah. especially as an artist. Like, let's face it, artists are their greatest critics. Yeah. And the emotional process of an artist, I mean, I used to be a photographer. I know that I got constantly beat myself up and right. have off days and these high and low days. And, you know, even as an entrepreneur alone, that's the roller coaster of the game, you know? Yeah. So, like, the fact that, you know, you're doing what you love and you continue to carry that out and to be real and authentic uh, is a beautiful thing, man. Thanks. So uh, now tell me this. Uh, I know and I love the fact that you say that you love teaching. Yeah. What has been the challenge? And no, not, I don't want to say I asked that. Hold on. Let me rewind here because I got a really good, I got like, I know what I want to say. Yeah. How was it and how did you get yourself to go from, remember, there's a way that we think things and do things and then there's a way that we explain things to others and do things. True. Right? How did you start to navigate that process and really get to the points where you knew you were a good teacher? Uh, and like, what, what has been the success from that? Does that make sense? Totally. Okay. That's great. That's a really interesting and specific question. I like it a lot. Yeah. And it's tough because 
And, and that is the challenge that you run into when you're teaching is it's hard to deconstruct what you've been doing if mm -hmm. you've only been doing it and not teaching it. Mm. Right? Because you're building skills that you're not aware that you're building when you're perfecting or, or gaining um, skill in, in an area. Mm -hmm. So the hardest part for me was to deconstruct and what helped me most was listening to my students. Mm. I mean the students were giving me all the feedback that I needed mm -hmm. and they didn't have this you know social attachment to me. They weren't my friends who were embarrassed to tell me what, what was obvious. Mm -hmm. They were paying for me yeah. so they were happy to tell me what they didn't yeah. like about the class. <laughs> That's awesome. So but true. Right. Okay, so then basically you had to take the feedback and then break down your processes and then figure out how to adapt. Truly, it was wow. adaption. I mean, it was a lot of time, you know, a lot of time reviewing instructional videos and just trying to figure out what it is that I'm missing. Wow. What people need to know. Yeah, 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 to get to where they want to go. Right. So, okay, tell me this: if if you're a person who's getting into, you know, maybe you know you found that thing like like you know you said when you were uh, was it. 12? Yeah. Or 12. Yeah. Yeah. So you're sitting there when you're 12 and you, you know, you got that soap bar or whatever and you're carving yeah. it and your mom takes you to the store. Like what was the feeling that did you have that overall sensation? Like if someone is going to go into a new field, do you know, like, is there a, is there a feeling attached to it or is there steps that someone could take? What, what, what would you say to someone when they're trying to right. find that purpose? Dude, that's a great, another good question, and it's truly just, um, you know, trying things. I think mm. the biggest hindrance that I have still in carving is just to start. Mm. Even if a project is already underway and I've spent some time away from it, it's to get back into that and not to overthink, mm. right? Because truly, our subconscious brains are so much more powerful than we give them credit for. Yes. And what we're conscious of will often be the thing that's hindering us from engaging our subconscious, which is so much more expansive mm. and so much more intelligent than our conscious brains are. Mm. And what art is really about is it's about starting into something where you are initially using your conscious brain, but then you're moving past that into your subconscious. And that's what we call flow state. Mm. That's what we Love call... Love flow state, by the way. Right. Love flow state. Oh, man. Flow state's where it's at. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Right. I'm a big flow state. I'm a big totally. Wim Hof guy. Dude. Okay. I was just talking about him. Were you talking a couple about... of minutes ago, like right before you got Okay, here. I told, I, I said to Ben the other day, uh, we have a mutual friend that's a videographer, uh, and uh, I said to Ben, I said, I need to get this sauna in my back of my house and all these other things, <laughs> and I was telling him about Wim Hof, and he goes, dude, you and Alec, like, <laughs> I'm like, I got a podcast with Alec, so I'm going to bring this stuff up. For real. But like, for real, if you're not in a flow state, yeah. it, it, life, it doesn't seem, no, I don't, I don't want to say that, that, that statement, but like, Finding your flow is everything. Right. It really is. Oh, right. So, it's like, totally how do you find your flow? Well, right the, now, the, like, if, if I was to say, "Hey, man, get in your flow state," what would what would be the next steps for you as a carver, as the teacher, as uh, a person? Like, what do you do to get to that place? I, on the topic of whim, I think physical health is underrated mm. because when I'm not well, I'm not eating well, I'm not taking care of myself, mm. my psychology is whack, mm. and I'm not interested in doing anything creative. Gosh, I, I understand that. Because creativity is the surplus. It's the cream of the crowd. It's, it's, it's the excess. It's your mm -hmm. cup overflowing. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, I mean, the Mavlov's hierarchy of needs, it's at the very top, right? In the sense that you have to fulfill a whole lot of other things before you're even thinking about art, right? I mean, art is, art is yeah. way below, uh, way above hunger. Like mm -hmm. hunger is base. You need to eat. Yeah. You need to take care of your body. You need to move. This is good. You, you need to uh, engage your brain to mm -hmm. some extent every day, right? Some sort of, 
anything. Not meditation. Like, yes. Yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. huge. Yeah. Disengaging with meditation. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like you said, the physical activity, the mind. Right. You all, you have to encompass all these things. Okay, so you're saying that to even get to the place to where you prosper in your art, yep. you have to make sure you're knocking out these things. Oh, yeah. The best artists that I know are, are pretty adamant about physical health. Wow. They really okay. are. Okay, that's good. I, I think believe it's huge. that. I think it's huge. I, I think it's huge too. Uh, and I'll, and to talk on that, like for those of you that don't know, I, I lost like 40 pounds recently and I noticed that the momentum, uh, this was like over the last uh, year, but the momentum of getting your heart high yeah. and having the discipline to bring yourself there yep. produces so much growth yeah. spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. Like it is a thing. For real. So basically what I'm hearing you say that in order for you to really hit your flow state, there's elements to getting there. Right. Yeah. And, and, and back to the flow to answer your initial question, you know, the physical stuff is, is huge as a, just a basic, a base thing that you, you should have to be happy enough to make art. But mm -hmm. getting into the flow state is a lot about gaining the, the knowledge and skills. So there's some, so for me, right, I wouldn't, I would never teach on anything that I don't know about. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I really try not to teach about anything that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. And so getting that knowledge is important. Right, so learning, taking notes, applying the knowledge is even more important. Though, mm. like, how are you applying the knowledge? And this is a problem that people face in school, right? And in grade school, up through college, mm -hmm. is they they get all this knowledge and they don't apply it to the field. Mm. And and so you know that's why internships are so important. Um, a lot of private, smaller private schools, and I'm sure other uh, you know state colleges as well and universities are starting to do this where. They're really getting kids involved in the actual position mm. or the shadowing yeah. early on in the fir the first year of school. That's good. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. And so for me, it's just been you know learning something and applying it. Someone gives me a tip about how to do some finishing or how to uh, see a carving in a different way or to do sculpture in a different way. Mm. It's always being a student and and being willing to learn. But once you have that knowledge you can go into flow state and you can just engage and turn your brain off and your subconscious because it has this rote memory of all the stuff that you've learned. Yeah. You can just tap right into it. Tap right into pull it. it out. Instantly like that. Right. Yeah. Instantly. You really can because you can fall in and out instantly. Wow. That's the, okay. One, that was a heck of an answer, man. Thanks. Okay. Dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in a real one, because yeah. I know that comes from a place of experience, Totally. right? Like it's and, and to that. So, if someone maybe, and I don't know if this is applicable to anything, but I know for me as an entrepreneur, there's days where I am just, you know, let's face it guys, not every day sunshine and rainbows, right? I mean, right. you have those days. Yeah. And yes, we do lay the foundation of the exercise, the mental health, you know, the eating right, all those things, but we still have days. Are there tips and tricks that you use as an entrepreneur to get yourself out of those days? And you know, what are they for the listeners listening to help them maybe get out of those funks? Yeah. Cause they're real, man. All right. Yeah, they're real, and, and 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 every entrepreneur, every entrepreneur I know goes through it. Oh yeah. Yeah, like so we know. Okay, now we know how to get into a flow state. But if we're not in a flow state, what are things to help? Yeah. You know, and I know we talked about like physical activity and stuff, yeah. but for you, what well, works? Yeah. No, I mean for sure it's heroes. Finding people who I can look up to. Austin Kleon has a series of books, uh, three books that I, I absolutely adore. Mm. Um, and they have, basically they point to the idea of the importance of having uh, heroes, mm. right? Or en engaging yourself creatively. Um, I have a few of them here. Heck um, yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're absolutely fantastic. But the point is, having people that you look up to, having, uh, mm. and these aren't people who you um, have an unhealthy idolization for you're not trying to be them right yes. you're not trying to be a second rate version of 
of some artist or, or some great um, business person or some you know, per person uh, in your sphere of influence or world. Mm -hmm. You're literally just admiring. And, mm. and what, I, what I've been told by a great mentor is that um, really jealousy is just inverse admiration. So whenever you feel envious of someone and something they have, it's really just a, a, a the wrong way of looking at an admiration that you have for them. Mm. The difference in admiration and jealousy is in saying, I can't have that. And if you tell yourself that you can't have something, it produces jealousy. Wow. I could never be that. I can never be as successful as Ross. I could never be as successful as whoever put mm -hmm. this person out there in real estate, right? I, it, the truth is that limiting thought process yeah. is a, a huge hindrance. It is. Yeah. It is. And it's a false belief. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and I'm learning this too. Uh, I can already tell that he probably is on the same wavelength of this, but by Eckhart Tolle. Mm. You ever heard of him? I have. Uh, the, the, a New Earth. There's that book you read anyways. Okay. It's talking about like the power of now mm. and understanding that like when we're in this place of jealousy or, you know, uh, disbelief, of what it could happen that we need to rechange our perspective and understanding that we have everything within God made us the way we're supposed to be. Right. It, it is just an understanding of what we have rather than what we don't. But he said something huge, guys. And if you heard it, he said his mentors. Mm -hmm. So, okay, you have mentors in your life, obviously. Right. I have mentors in mine. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important to have mentors? Mm -hmm because a lot of people try to do it on their own. Right. They really do. Yeah. And for me, I always explain to people why mentors are so uh, important is because really they speed up the process right. from you to learn and gain access to information yeah. and kind of limit the mistakes along the way. Totally, right? absolutely, that's exactly it. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's all about having people in my life who have been ahead of me, mm. who have been in the areas of my life that I'm trying to develop. They, they're way ahead in those areas. Right? That's awesome. And I just want to tap into that to some extent. They can be younger than me, and and they can be, um, you know, a close friend who I've had for years who surpassed me all of a sudden in some Come area. And they become a mentor in that area for me. That's awesome. And that's a humbling experience when someone younger and more amateur than you exceeds you, mm -hmm. and that's happened to me many times. Right? As <laughs> it's great, right? right? It is. It's oh, like humbling. in your teaching. Absolutely. Oh, wow. It, it's happened in my teaching, but <clears throat> it's just happened in general too. I mean, yeah. And on all walks of life, somebody. Uh, you know, I had a friend who started a furniture company in his garage because he saw that I was making a good living touring the art show circuit selling my artwork. Wow. He was working for Apple at the time. He just wanted out, right? He wanted yeah. to enjoy his life. He wanted more free time. He could see that I could basically work when I wanted and, and stop when I didn't. And so he started a business and his business sense was so much more innate and better than mine. Mm. So he grew his business to doing these massive, you know, wow. uh, you know, sixty thousand, seventy thousand dollar contracts for restaurants, doing all these interior decoration, furniture design. <laughs> You're like, what in the yeah. world? And I'm over there like doing an art show, you know, sitting and waiting for someone to buy an art piece. And I learned from him, you know, wow. make your artists, your your clients, um, c come to you, and really you can shape the the type of clients that you uh, attract. Wow. So okay, wrapping this full circle. Yeah. If you're listening to Alec, he is understanding who you are. Know your purpose and passion. Have mentors and direction in your life. Know that you know there's 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 boundaries. But then also having the ability to adapt. And if you had just heard this, this is huge, guys, because some people miss this piece in it. Mm -hmm. It's having the ability to understand what you don't understand. Right. So some yeah, some people think, yeah. oh, the, the way that I'm doing it's right, and it, oh, this is how it needs to be done. But yeah. then you saw, wait, hold on, this guy just started. Yeah. He's taken off in a whole different direction. Yeah. I'm. What's what's not you know not give credit where it's due, man. Your work is beyond exceptional. Thanks. So you know that you already have that avenue. You just had to adjust your direction. Right. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. 
That's so, big. So it's it's a lot about humility. And dude, there are still so many days where I'm not feeling like I'm. I mean, it, where my attitude is not where it should be. Like, Isn't that funny? Yeah. Because hindsight, everybody, if you if anyone and you know you'll see is is where. How would you feel like you had a bad day if you were in the top wood carving magazine? Like that's not a thing, but our mind does it, right? Like he's a winner. You're a complete winner, man. And I and like I know I'm flooding you with affirmations, and and I'm not good at receiving things when people compliment me. Yeah. I'm like looking at him. He's like, okay, thanks, man. And but that goes again. That's his character. But I to it. to that point, you're not alone, right? I know for me, I do the same thing. Right. I don't feel like I'm winning, right. but you are winning if you're trying, right? As long as you're applying that's yourself. True. Yeah. So. Last question on this one, and then yeah. we can kind of wrap it up. By the yeah. way, this has been so fruitful, Thanks, and I and I know there's people that are going to be changed by this. And so, okay. With that being said, like, what are the things that your mind is working on, and where do you kind of like, where are you finding your greatest fulfillment <clears throat> in right now in this process? Right. I mean, uh, and and I'm going to do a bunch of B-roll stuff here, guys, with like his work, but like, you know, it, it's tremendous. Like, how do you how do you see it and do it? You know, and then like, you know, where are you going next? What's your next thing that you're right? Yeah. yeah, that's good. I mean, there's a lot of ways I could answer that. Um, for and, me, and don't feel like you, hey, if you got stuff that you can't release and because you're working on stuff, sure. don't feel like you have to, oh, no. but just the stuff that you're yeah. okay with releasing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, and, and part of it is, is not just that I shouldn't release it. It's just that Phil Knight talks about, have you read his book, um, Shoe Dog? Shoe dog, oh my god, about the starting of Nike. Yes. I love that book. Isn't it? The, the guy, like, almost, what, he goes bankrupt a couple times. Yeah. Literally, t top shelf, man. This yeah. guy, dude, did you finish that book? I did. Oh my gosh, that yeah. book. I read it twice. Yeah. Solid all the way through. Oh, love that book. My, my, I'm, I'm going to let you go on with the story, but I have to say, my, fa my yeah. favorite story is when he's, like, talking about how every night he tucks his kids in, kids in and he tells them a quick story, mm. but then, like, he's off to work more. He's a, he's a professor. He's yep. this. He's... Yep. This bank loan, after this bank loan, after yeah. bankruptcy, after borrowing, the constant struggle. Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. incredible. I, there's so many things. I mean, if you look at this wall, all the red on that whiteboard, I'm sorry for the camera. No, it's okay. There's an entire area there that's just all quotes from that book. Wow. Um, and one of those is don't tell people about your large goals, right? Mm. So in, in some cases for me, when I talk too much about the goals that I'm, the, I, I, the things that I want for myself, mm -hmm. I itch the scratch that I would have itched having done the thing, mm. right? So if I go, oh, I'm doing this cool stuff. You guys got to check it out. It's like, great and fun and maybe it's good promotion but yeah. at the same time will it keep me from pursuing that because uh i've itched that scratch mm. and so Come but on. but what i will say is um i have been more and more interested through again great friends great mentorship uh, a good friend of mine billy chester from wesson knives yeah is uh you know we are working on some uh, pro products together and That's developing cool. um some kind of new ideas changing uh, some uh, kind of old-fashioned ideas and uh, carving uh, tools around kind of rethinking the, the that's way exciting. that designed. That's exciting. And so this is something that I've been working on. Um, the school right now is in a, a period of transformation. I'm the only instructor in Fundamentals of Wood Carving, but uh, I want to have other people involved. So I, awesome. I travel around uh, with a great guy, um, uh, uh, my my film guy, Thomas, uh, and we, we film wood carving instructors to... Uh, you know, of all of all different categories. So some wow. of the, some of the people that I looked up to when I was a little kid are instructors in this soon to be released school. Come so on, man, that's I'm, massive. I'm psyched on that. That's cool. So that's kind of what what some of what's going on uh, in the future for me. It's uh, releasing uh, fundamentals of wood carving. Uh, basically, the part two, which is which is really. Uh, we don't have a, a solid name yet, but um, nice. We have a running name, but yeah. So that's a huge part of it. That's great. Yeah. 
And then where would someone go to get in connection with you, whether they wanted to get a custom piece, whether yeah. they wanted to get into your school? Totally. Like how does someone get into your world and, and get a part of your community? Yeah, well, they can reach out to um, myself. I am available online through my website, which is uh, alec, A-L-E-C, L-A-C-A-S-S-E dot com. So okay. that's Lacasse, aleclacasse.com. Awesome, which is his name too, if, you know, yeah. Alec Lacasse. So yeah. aleclacasse.com. <laughs> yeah. And then you have an Instagram page. Totally. Yeah, it's yeah. just alec.lacasse. Cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, um, anything you want to leave the viewers with uh, before we, you know, wrap up? Yeah. It's okay if you don't, but yeah. yeah. Thanks I'm for coming on, man. No, I'm honored. Uh, if I want to leave you guys with anything, uh, it's just, yeah, don't limit yourself. Uh, don't limit your thinking. A lot of times the people who are uh, pushing the boundaries are the people who are not afraid of looking dumb. Not, of looking, not afraid of making careers out of things that you uh, probably shouldn't make a career out of. Wow. So just do it. I was not anticipating that much heat to come out of the last closing words. That's for sure going to be the hype. There's a hype video on every one of these. That one right there. Nice. Boom. We're lighting it up. All right, dude. Glad. Thanks for coming on.